Hey everyone, and welcome to the Phileas Club. We're in August 2017, and this is episode 92. It's a special about India. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Phineas Club. This is a show where we get people from different countries in the world to get together and talk about what's been happening uh, in the world and in their local, well, places, countries, cities, uh, every month or so. And every so often, now almost every month, I think, we do a special episode on top of the regular one, and uh, we dive a little bit deeper into one area one topic uh i tried to do them about one country as much as i can but sometimes we'll talk about uh, another uh thing and for example last time we talked about healthcare uh quite extensively and that i think was uh especially interesting in the context of today's what's happening uh, in the recent weeks and months. But today we're going to be talking about uh, something a little bit closer to the source of this uh, series. And that's going to be uh, thanks to the co-host for the show today, uh, Mayank uh, Maheshwari. I'm hoping I'm not uh, butcher butchering your name too much. How are you oh, doing? No, you're, I'm, I'm quite well. Uh, how are you? I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm very happy to have you on. Um, some people might have heard the tiny accent in your voice um, and realized that you're from India. And also the show is probably have a title that is related to India. So they figured out that you are going to be talking about India today. Uh, and we've been talking about doing the show for a while now. So I'm really glad that we can uh, finally get together and talk about that. Um, so First, I guess, could you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Uh, you're currently residing in the U.S., but, you know, tell where you come from, what you've been through, maybe to give them a, a, an idea of uh, who you are and where you're coming from. Uh, well, um, like you said, my name is Mayank. I, uh, yeah, um, I am from India. Currently, I live in the U.S. Um, I grew up there and like a lot of other Indians, I came here to study and just uh, stayed uh, for work. And yeah, I, I, I grew up in the 80s and 90s uh, uh, during uh, what, um, uh, what we can call the, the economic uh, liberalization of India. And uh, yeah, those were some interesting times. Quite <laughs> it's, fun. Th the way you say it, I'm sure is gonna uh, is is carries a lot of meaning. Um, yeah. So. I'm. I'm. Uh, I want to dive. I think first into uh, what it was like for you growing up in India. Uh, just to be clear, you spent about twenty years uh, living in India, and then you moved to the U.S. to study. And at that point, you stayed in the U.S., but your whole family is in India, and you go there fairly often. Um, so, would you consider yourself? I, I, I guess that's that can be an interesting first question. Do you consider yourself Indian? Or I, I I don't know if you have the uh, U.S. Uh, citizenship. No, I, now. I no, I don't. Um, I am still an Indian citizen. Uh, currently, I am. I work in the U.S. on a work visa. Okay, so you can, you uh, consider so, yourself Indian. Yes, I'm. I consider myself very Indian. 
<laughs> Very Indian. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So 1982, you're born uh, in Delhi, so the capital of India. Um, I think an another thing I want to ask you about for the listeners who might not know, which I'm sneakily uh, including myself into, India is obviously gigantic. Uh, it's uh, 1.2 billion people, currently uh, Indian citizens. And is it a country or is it like a continent? It's a federation, first of all. But, you know, the U.S. is a federation, the EU is a union, and we have like a third or fourth of the population there. Is it a country? Is it unity? Is there unity? Is it how how does it work to even call India a country when there's so many people over such a large uh, geographical area? Yeah, that is um, that is something that is uh, a very um, uh, that is a very loaded not not loaded, but it is a very good question, and it is um, you know different people have different views on it, but certainly there is a reason the British called it the subcontinent because it is almost. Uh, I mean, I was reading some statistics and. If you take the landmass of the European Union, the countries in the Euro European Union, India is about three-fourths of that, if I remember correctly. I mean, statistics can be wrong on Wikipedia, but... Yeah. Um, and culturally as well, um, uh, India is extremely diverse. Uh, the way I like to think of it is, India is what the European Union could be with a little more, you know, uh, with a little more... Uh, cooperation, uh, sort of a, a, No, no, I would certainly not say cooperation, <laughs> but uh, a little more... I mean, we were kind of forced into it by Britain, mm. you know, um, by, the, uh, by the colonization of India, because uh, for the most... For most of its history, India has been... You know, unless like you have a you have a ruler like Ashoka or you know, so some of the Mughal emperors, India has been you know s separate kingdoms, um, and and so so it is sort of like like Europe. I mean, Europe chose to unify voluntarily. We were kind of you know grouped. In, <laughs> we were kind of forced into it, and and that I mean, and after independence, we just decided eh, that's pretty good. We'll, so we'll, we'll, would you say we'll keep going <laughs> would you say there is a feeling of unity even though that unity was forced upon you by the british empire do you, would you say now indians feel like they're all part of india and they have things in common even though they have a lot of different cultures um i like to think so uh, certainly and india yeah, cultural differences are pronounced and there is a lot of um, identity-based politics, culture-based politics, uh, because the states of India are divided along the uh, the linguistic and sort of cultural lines. Right. Uh, and and so so that provides a lot of sort of individual, not individual, but state level, um, uh, you know, uh, freedom and sort of a, a sort of identity, but. At the same time, yeah, I like to think that uh, that Indians do feel unified as a whole as Indians. All right. 
Um, all right. So in that context, uh, let's talk about uh, things a little bit more from a personal scale. Uh, and so you're born uh, 1982 in Delhi, uh, the capital of India, as we mentioned, uh, and you grow up in Delhi. Um, how would you describe your, uh, you know, the, the atmosphere of your everyday life uh, to someone who doesn't know India, who doesn't know anything about Delhi, uh, especially, I'm guessing, from that time, it was a very different place uh, than it is today. How would you describe daily life uh, to someone who doesn't know it? Um, I think one of the big things I would like to say is, um, you know, people used to have this image of, like, India just being this, you know, this sort of backward place, you know, with, you know, with, with poor people just, you know, lying on the streets or whatnot. Um, but in reality, it is, it is a fairly normal, I, I grew up in a fairly normal, uh, you know, fairly normal home. It was, um, I mean, I don't know what to describe it, except I, I it was normal for me. You know, I, I went to school, I, you know, I came home, I, you know, did my homework and whatnot, but, um, yeah, so let I me mean, ask you I, about the, the details. Um, okay. You you mentioned when we were preparing the show that your uh, family was middle class, uh, so not yeah. extremely rich, not poor either. So it, yeah. again, with that uh, context, the the streets of Delhi. Do you have? It's going to sound. I'm going to ask a lot of questions that are going to sound sound really dumb, and that's probably because I am really dumb. But at least you know we can get the answers. But you have paved roads, you have uh, electricity, you have um, apartment buildings and, uh, you know, public transportation, these kinds of things, because you're right, when we think about India, especially when we let our imagination run wild uh, about what it was, uh, or what it, pro you know, what it could have been in the 80s, I'm sure more than one person has that image of movie India which is, as you said, uh, beggars in the street and lots of people in rags and uh, people pushing their carts full of fruit, some of them have being rotten, and markets with lots of spices and incredible colors. But overall, like a, a, a significantly, like a poor uh, environment. Um, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, that image, uh, I, I shouldn't say that is untrue. That image certainly is there, but then there is also an India that is that is very well off, that is uh, that is quite rich, and you know there is yeah there are certainly extremes, and um, yeah I sort of grew up in the middle. I um, the, the image you describe is actually kind of true for me because I grew up in the old Delhi. The old Delhi is where this, uh, which was the seat of power for the for the Mughal emperors, and and you know the like like the old capital uh, before uh, before the British uh, made the capital uh, in Calcutta, and then they moved it in 1908, uh, they uh, 1908 or 1911 something like that, and they and they moved it uh, to Delhi and created New Delhi. Which was designed by Sir, Sir. I don't know if he was a knighted or not, but but Lutians, and so yeah. So I, I grew up in Old Delhi, and certainly the area that I grew up in 
was like that, but not all of Delhi is like that. So, so I guess that, that is what I was trying to say. Like there are there are many different uh, you know views you can have. But that image. So are you saying that that image, that caricature image that we have, exists? It's just not not everywhere is like that. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So so yeah, the, the stereotype is kind of true, but only in a limited way. Hmm. All right. So what was your daily life? Uh, uh, well, in Delhi, in old Delhi, um, you would, you know, get up, go to school. How was, how was school? Did you go by public transportation? Like, can you describe uh, quickly? That's something I like to do a, an average day for a, you know, junior high school or high school student um, in India back in those days. Yeah. Um, so I, um, uh, so I went to a public school, what we call a public school in India. It is actually a private school. So, so government <laughs> schools, uh, the, yeah, the, the public schools, what are called public schools in us are called government schools in India because they are run by uh, government agencies and the private schools are called public schools. So I went to a public school And and as opposed to the U.S., uh, I mean, I don't know about France or Finland, but uh, in U.S., private schools are really expensive. I mean, you have to really shell out some some money. But in India, public schools, while they are expensive, they are uh, they are a lot more affordable. So so um, so a lot of uh, middle class uh, people send their kids to public schools. And Which is again, it significantly schools. better than government schools? Some government schools are good, but obviously due to the, you know, due to the, the inefficiencies or corruption or just, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, public schools do offer a significant improvement over government schools. Mm. You mentioned yeah. inefficient. Uh, well, maybe we can get back to that uh, afterwards. So you wake up, have uh, breakfast with your family, I guess, then... Um, no, I had to wake up pretty early. Uh, um, uh, different schools can decide, you know, what time they start. Uh, my school started at 8, so uh, I had to get up 6.15, 6, 6.30, get ready, because uh, my school bus came uh, around 7.20, And it took about 40 minutes for me to get to school by that route. Okay. And um, yeah, so so in India, uh, uh, public schools can, uh, they are not limited to a certain uh, area. You, they can service, uh, I mean, anyone can get admission as long as they They pay can, yeah. as long as they pay for it and, and they can get to the school. And um And a lot of schools will will run their own transportation uh, around the city, and and if you uh, so like my school, uh, we we contracted buses from from the Delhi Transportation uh, Corporation (DTC), the the government-run company that ran uh, that ran the the buses in Delhi, and they were they had it they had the buses contracted, and these buses 
in the morning and in the afternoon would would run uh, around delhi and they had designated routes and we had about 20 or 22 or such uh, buses and i remember taking bus number 8 uh, and, <laughs> and and it had a designated route it would pick up kids from each stop and it will take us to the school we get off so right. go to our thing Again, a stupid question. Did you have like roads or was it like dirt roads or was it like oh, a <laughs> quote unquote proper city? I, I understand this is a very dumb, but I'm trying to imagine <laughs> you getting on a bus going through the city. And I, I don't know if it, it, if it, the image should be full of dust flying everywhere or like, you know, a city with pavement and sidewalks. No, uh, definitely there is, there is pavement, sidewalk, roads. uh the only problem with delhi is uh <clears throat> the you know they don't maintain it very well so the roads are fine you know uh, the you know it's it's a normal road sure it'll have a few more potholes than you know than your standard american road but uh, still we have we have paved roads we have pavement everything uh, you know that you would expect um i would say the only sharp contrast is between old delhi and the rest of delhi because the old delhi is much more crowded and and i mean the traffic while it is bad in the rest of delhi it is especially worse in the old areas because just because of the lack of planning i mean the it's an old city so it's not as planned right so it is it is i would say goes from bad to worse so yeah it i mean we have roads we have everything just the traffic is so bad that uh, you know it takes forever <laughs> and you mentioned that the landmass uh, is roughly let's say on the same scale as it is for europe or or uh, the us but you do have 3 to 4 more people uh, on that same landmass does that translate into a super crowded city like impossibly crowded or is it not that yeah. much yeah yeah definitely uh, the national capital region of india which includes delhi and some of the cities of neighboring states uh, so that's called the national capital region i don't remember the exact numbers but last time i checked it was um, 19 maybe 20 million people mm. so uh, so yeah it is definitely crowded um, and uh, you know Uh, the re- the place where i grew up old delhi the only time i ever saw the street completely clean or you know the the, the sidewalks uh, like like everything was gone away from the sidewalks um, was was the was the republic day parade it mm. used uh, like they had a route which took the ar- uh, the armed forces and all that uh, <laughs> through through the main thoroughfare of old delhi and, and 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 the night before that was the only time I, i could go out and say wow this is there are no people right. because uh, yeah they, they would come and you know clean it and sort of you know you know make it look a, look a little more presentable but now that 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 route has changed i think i think it has been uh, over a decade now right. uh, yeah nothing like that ever happens anymore so yeah it's people and more people So you go to school um you spend the day at school do you enjoy school do you uh you know 
what language do you study in? Again, dumb question. Um, but what's your, do you like living uh, there and, and going to school and all of that? Yeah, I, I remember uh, liking, I mean, of course, you know, you tend to remember things more fondly. But uh, I do remember liking my school, uh, my classmates and everything. And it was, um, my school was a little less strict than than most of the other schools in India. Yeah, can you define schools, that? Like, how, how strict are schools in India and how strict was yours? Um, yeah, so most schools in India have a dress code. You have to you have to purchase uh, pants of a certain color or you know skirt of a certain color, shirt and and you would have so to have a you uniform, know uniform basically. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, it is a uniform. You have to buy it from the school or 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 get a compatible one made yourself if you right. want to do that. And and you have to have a tie. And and in the winter you would you would wear a coat uh, or, or a sweater which is in the school colors. And my school was kind of lenient in that in that we didn't have a tie. So you're we like, yes, no tie. <laughs> so no tie <laughs> because, equals party, basically. Yeah, I mean you could and and there was also there were also certain la- more sort of um, laxities and like. Uh, like the shoes, they had to be black. They didn't have to be like leather sort of dress shoes. They could be black and sport shoes. So oh, this so you was could wear sneakers. Uh, yeah, as long as they were black. Nice. Uh, and with with like no obvious, you know, logo or whatever. I mean, they could be as long as they were black, they were fine. Okay. And so, so in these ways, like it was, it was nice. We didn't have to wish our teachers good morning or good evening or good afternoon like a lot of schools in india they have this strict like um like if you see if you see a teacher go by you say good morning sir good morning ma'am but but in my school it was um we didn't have to say that we just have to we we were told to just wave our hand that is it like okay uh, basically you are you are acknowledging your teacher and saying hello or whatever but so, it didn't have uh, so to that, be good morning. Yeah, it it was uh, again so little less strict. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing I remember uh, very fondly was we didn't our school didn't allow corporeal punishment. Uh, basically, like teachers were not allowed to you to know hit, you. hit the students or mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, in some schools, you know, it is still. Uh, I mean, it is still uh, allowed. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I I can't say what the current uh, state is, uh, but back in my day, corporal corporeal punishment was still not out of the question for a lot of students. But mm-hmm. in my school, except for one or two teachers who were just super hard on students, they would sometimes like if a student was really, you know, getting out of hand, they would just make them stand on a chair or something. I mean. But yeah, in general, it was not allowed. Okay, so it's not like they got the whip out. It's no, like or no, no. or the ruler, you know, to hit the the fingers or something like that. Yeah, my school was lucky on that okay. in that regard. But it would happen yeah. elsewhere in the in other yeah. schools. Okay, I yeah. see. 
Um, all right. So you spend the day in school. Uh, what do you do afterwards? Like what do, did kids do uh, after school in the, let's say, late 80s, early 90s in India or at least in Delhi? For, for me, uh, the uh, school got over at two. So after that, the bus again, would uh, we would all climb into our buses and go back. And usually the evening traffic was worse. So we would ha I would reach home by three. Uh, I would get off at my stop like quarter or like 2.40, walk about 20 minutes uh, to home. And, and at that point, I was usually so tired, especially, um, I mean, not so tired from school, but just from walking back in the afternoon sun, you know, during summer, it is very hot. Uh, especially in the north, and and the crowd and everything, I would just get so tired. I would just flop down, rest for a little bit, and then my mom would just call me for for lunch, for I guess second lunch. And Ooh, wait a eat. second, second lunch? Yeah, I guess you well, had lunch yeah. at school, right? Yeah, exactly. So lunch would happen around like eleven or eleven thirty in school. By the time I get home, you know, I would say, okay, have lunch, and. I would eat again then. So is that uh, common? Like, is that what every kid yeah. does? Like, you have yeah. a second lunch? For... Well, um, well, for me, it was, for most of my my classmates, friends, it was pretty common. So, I mean, I would say, yeah, but I don't know how. I mean, there, there, there's so much flexibility in the school, in the school schedule. Um, mm. I imagine there, there were a lot of kids who didn't do, okay. do that. But uh, for me, it was pretty much the schedule for my brother as well and for most of my classmates it was the same thing um again stupid question alert um what did you eat was it like curry type things that we called curry um and and rice with your hands or what what did you eat and what did you use to eat oh that is a yeah again that is a and I, i completely understand the question and yeah in eating In India, we do eat with our hands. Uh, it is very common, uh, very natural. And but we do have spoons and forks and knives and whatnot. Uh, it, uh, that is not like something you wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> that is not something that is out of place in a household. Uh, so basically, what we would have is what my mom would would usually make is we would have um, sort of a lentil curry or a curry made out of like different squashes or, or other vegetables and, and, and daily food in India is not as rich, obviously as the restaurants, you know, you don't have a lot of cream based stuff that is more of a special occasion food or a sort of a party food. Uh, but yeah, usually it would just be a curry um, uh, made out of like either any type of lentil or, or vegetables or squashes or whatever. And and my mom would usually, would usually also make a sort of a dry curry. And similarly, it could be made out of vegetables or potatoes. And she would make, um, and this is very common in India, at least in the north, she would make either rice or, which is, which is in the north it is basmati rice, in the south it is, um, I don't remember the name. Uh, no, like Indian no cuisine one needs to remember when, what, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, the other type of rice. Basmati is the way to yeah, go. Yeah, 
Yeah, for, for the North, yes. We love uh, our Basmati. Let, let's be a little bit, you know, uh, <laughs> a little bit obnoxious yeah. here. I think Basmati is the way to go, period. Except if you're yeah. eating Japanese food, in that case, of course, Japanese sticky rice, obviously. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course. Sorry, yeah, nothing yeah, else. No. <laughs> Keep going, but... Uh, uh, yeah, so... so yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and, and depending on, like, uh, like, what your family food preferences are, in my family, yogurt... Um, was was made fresh daily or every other day in home and and we would eat that along with our meal like uh, like we would have these little small bowls and 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 some some curry in the bowl and some of the dry like curry potatoes or curried vegetables on the side in the plate a little bowl with yogurt and and either rice or or she would make what we call in india um, we have we have many names depending on the region. You call them chapatis or roti or uh, fulka. It is a, another name. It is basically um, it is basically an unleavened bread, which is made into a tortilla sort of. Right. That is the that is the best way I can describe. Okay. Uh, so we would have that. I would eat that. You know, go watch some afternoon TV. There would be like some soap opera going on, and but Some yeah, Indian sorry. I, I, oh, oh no, go ahead. Sorry, I I didn't do the food thing completely. So, so uh, yeah, we would eat with our hands, um, but that is often like uh, so. So we would so so we would take our uh, tortilla, break it off, scoop some curry with it, and just eat it. And you can eat rice with your hands too. That is not a problem. I know how to do that. But it is much easier to just use a spoon. Okay. So, right. but again, it differs in region to region. In southern India and eastern part of India, where they eat, it is very common to eat rice with hands, and they know how to do it well without getting your hands completely, you know, mm. dirty. Okay. So, is, so it, it is very common. But yeah, um, spoons, forks, knives, all that is very standard. Uh, uh, right. People or wouldn't look at you funny if you were using cutlery uh, in no. the house. Um, no, so, so did you live in an apartment, like in a building, part of, or was it a house? Uh, for me, it was uh, it was a house. Okay. Uh, I grew up uh, in Old Delhi, and my house uh, I grew up in was a multi-level home, right. and. Um, and I guess the the closest approximation I give is I can give is you know how the old parts of um, like Spain or I don't know I, I think France will have that as well like the like the streets are very narrow and you have right. houses which are just stuck with each other mm. like there's no gap they 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 are built alongside each other and they are you know multi level homes okay so, uh, so that is the best approximation I I can give. The home I grew up in, um, I mean, I sort of had a less common uh, home compared to my classmates. Uh, my home was, well, it is still uh, standing. Uh, it is over a hundred and I guess 70 years old by now. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, it, so, yeah, uh, the analogy with like old homes in, in, in I, I don't know, Europe, France, yeah. Spain, yeah. in old Europe, that that kind of works here 
Okay. And yeah, it was built by my grandfather's great grandfather or something like that. We have a family tree. Oh, so it's so, a family home, like and yeah. it's been so for generations. And so you, yeah. you were saying your mom would make the food, and it's not just like I guess she would make the yogurt as well, which that yeah. sort of uh, uh, got, got caught my attention. Like she would uh, actually make the things. Like, do you go? I'm jumping from question to question, but. Sure. Do you go to the store and buy pre-packaged pre food at that time in, in Delhi? Or do you have to, to buy the raw ingredients and then prepare stuff? No, you, you bought the raw ingredients. Um, everything was uh, fresh uh, or as fresh as it could be. Uh, packaged food, like even even frozen uh, frozen peas and all that, that was when i was growing up especially when i was very young i couldn't have imagined frozen peas oh really um, yeah I, i mean they i only i remember like seeing and trying frozen peas in like late 90s and i was like this is not good <laughs> this is <laughs> because uh, because in india when i was growing up and i'm sure it was it was true for most other kids you um, like every day or every other day um like like either your, your mom or your dad or someone or maybe a servant uh went out and 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 you would have a lot of uh, small farm uh, small farmers not small farmers uh, small but farm you know what i mean uh, yeah small farm owners they're okay. not small by stature um <laughs> it's not that the, the farmers were were small but their farms were small yeah they would they would bring <laughs> their uh, yeah they would bring their food for sale Right, uh, right. So, 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 food consumption was um, was based a lot on what was seasonally available. So, so, so in the winter we would get peas and and carrots and whatnot, and in the summer it would be a lot more squashes um, and and other vegetables like for um, but onions were like year round. And so every single right. morning I remember my dad would go uh, and and get some vegetables. Uh, he, you know, he would he would have this little uh, bag, and and he would go out, he, and and these guys would set up shop on the side of the road or on the crosswalk, the what we call footpath in India, and and you just go, you 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 look uh, you look at multiple guys with the same, you know, with the same stuff, and and oftentimes like my dad, he would know like this guy, he sits here, he he would know them by their name, and he would. He knows, like, oh, this guy's stuff is usually much better. Okay. Do, do and, you do you uh, negotiate with them, or are you like, oh, I'll I, pay you that much for that amount? And are you kidding me? Are you is, trying to rip me off? Pretty much. That okay. haggling is. I mean, uh, to not haggle in India is to not know how to buy stuff. Does that I mean, extend sure. to to everything, or? just the like the local farmer's food or do you also haggle if you're buying a tv in a giant you know electronics store oh yes of course oh, okay. of All course right. uh, even now i mean unless you go to uh, unless you are going to like a shopping mall and just buying like regular stuff you know which is scanned and entered into a, a you know a machine and whatnot there of course you cannot haggle but f even now for most things in india um Like if like if you're going to buy a refrigerator or whatever, you do expect to haggle and and you can get significant discounts. Mm. Uh, 
just because you know uh, that is what is expected you know yeah. you know you, no one expects to pay the the msrp the the <laughs> mac or the what we yeah. call in india the mrp uh, so uh, yeah haggling that, was, that was very like- much I cannot yeah. do impossible for me. I like I, I would try and be so weak and dumb that I would probably end up paying more than the MSRP. <laughs> because yeah, the, the yeah. I, 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 I was not good at that myself. I, I could never haggle as hard as my dad. I mean, he would. I mean, he would use all sorts of like you know different tactics to to get <laughs> the rate down and. And but I mean he would he would also see like if like if the if what he's buying is really good uh, like uh, like oh you know this guy has really good potatoes today mm. okay he would he wouldn't haggle so much because he knows that okay he has he has good products okay worth the worth the little yeah, extra money worth the price yeah yeah um, so yeah so you mentioned um, after second lunch which sounds wonderful um you you go and watch tv and you watch some kind of soap opera or you know some something that's on um i mean we all know that uh, the at least the movies production in uh, india is really uh, significant but it, so i'm sure that it's the same on tv and you have a lot of uh, pop culture that a growing teenager would be super excited about But I would like to ask you, first of all, how was it? What type of, you know, shows or things you would love and kids your age would love? And also, how big, if at all, was Western culture uh, for you as you were growing up? You know, American culture, I think it's probably going to be the main one. um, Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, Before liberalization, which uh, started in 1991, we didn't have cable TV. Uh, so all we had was uh, was the nationally run, uh, the uh, government run TV. Um, it was uh, it, it was a uh, it was called Doordarshan, which literally means uh, which literally means televiewing, mm. and and we would have uh, two channels or maybe three depending on the region. One would be a national channel DD one, DD two was the metro channel. And there, there were other like uh, regional channels which which had programming in 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 that region's language. So so, so those channels would only be available. So um, different states would have their own regional channels as well, which 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 had programs and you know TV shows and everything right. in their own in their own language. That's funny. That's what we had until the 80s in France as well. It was basically three channels, two main ones and one regional, which had many different local uh, channels. But uh, all right. So so until then, it was all Indian shows like. Yeah. And uh, no. And and, uh, I mean, of course, we we did get stuff like Star Trek and the, the original Star Trek. But I remember watching it in the 80s. And oh, I really? remember watching, yeah, so, it, so was, but the, it was... The, the local channel, I mean, the, the Indian channels would buy the rights to the Star Trek TV show and and show it on TV, like, dubbed or subbed or... I remember uh, that it came on in English, but I wouldn't... But my memory is so vague that 
it may have been uh, dubbed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did do you, remember. Did you learn English in in school? I guess you did, but. Oh yeah, no. Uh, in India, English is a language uh, taught like any other language from the beginning, from like the first grade. You will learn English. So you learn and, and, you learn Hindi at home and then English at school. No, you, you would also have uh, you would also have language lessons in Hindi, and 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 depending on the region, like uh, like let's say in the southern India, in the state of Tamil Nadu, they would learn a Tamil in school as right. well. Mm-hmm. And um, and, uh, and digressing back to education a little bit, we uh, the medium of education, what we call in India, which is basically the language in which you are taught the rest of the subjects, that was also different. So in in the north, you can have a Hindi medium school where the subjects are taught in Hindi. The language of communication is Hindi. The uh, the textbooks are in Hindi. Like the science textbooks or the geography textbooks or whatever, and you can have English medium schools where, uh, where you uh, where the where the the language uh, to be taught in is English. Mm. So everything. Every, so my school kind of was nice in the way that up to the sixth grade, the medium of uh, of teaching was Hindi, and then from sixth grade onward, it switched to English. Okay, so every so, lesson would be in English from that point on. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, they, they, the uh, the common? textbooks and everything. Um, well, this sort of switch is not common. Usually, schools are like either completely Hindi medium or completely English medium. But my school kind of did this nice thing, which allowed mm-hmm. like people, children who are younger, you know, they they don't know English that well. You know, they're still learning. Right. So. Right. So I'm kind of grateful for that, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, but yeah, so and again, regionally it is different. Like it, uh, you know, we have different education boards for of each course. state, and it's a uh, it's a whole complex mix. So do you have different languages in different region of the of the country? Which means, in the end, when people from those regions meet, they end up speaking English, or is Hindi everywhere? Uh, no, Hindi is definitely not not everywhere, um, okay. and uh, yeah, locally they they uh, each region speaks their own language. But uh, the most uh, what we call the the official language uh, of India, which means for for official communications, is English for administration and Hindi. Yeah. yeah, for administration, it is English and Hindi. Uh, but obviously, no one uses Hindi as much because. Because to communicate with the whole of India, you would prefer English, right? And, so it's, uh, it's it's normal for people for Indians together to get to meet, and if they don't speak the same local language, not everyone knows Hindi. I guess is my is no. where I'm getting to, and so they're just going to speak English between them. Yeah, and and if they do not, I mean, um, just because you learn English in school doesn't mean you know it. You know, you you can speak it well, or you can right. you know. It's so uh, because it's a second language for most people. It is, um, you know, the, when people travel, this have to sort of get by. Uh, like if I had to go to to southern India, I, w- I mean, if I'm just visiting, I'll somehow get by because because they might understand Hindi a little bit, and uh, and if I'm learn and if I'm li- uh, living long term. Then I would probably it'll be a good idea to learn some local words, some local phrases right. in the local language. Mm. 
All right, let, let's get back to Star Trek for a second. Sure, uh, sure. <laughs> so you mentioned you would be watching it in the, in the 80s even. Um, so yeah. continuing on that question of, you know, pop culture and what kind of things did you like when you were a, a teenager and what teenagers of your age liked? Yeah. Um, so uh, the, the Indian film industry, or at least I should say um, the Hindi film industry, as well as the other local uh, regional film industries are very very popular in india they are uh, they have enormous number of fans and you know you know you know people follow like like people have you know their own favorite actors and whatnot which right. like you know you know they just like any other place and as well as music so in india I, I'm pretty sure, you know, people have this image of like an Indian movie, which has like people randomly break into song and dance. Right, of course, yeah. That is, that is actually true. Uh, the, especially in the 80s and whatnot, it was very true. Um, and, and a lot of the popular music in India, the, what, what's called, you know, what we can call pop, mm. you know, uh, would be the film or the movie soundtrack. The, the soundtrack is released ahead of the movie's release and and you know the songs become popular and you know so 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 the pop music a huge chunk of it is comes from the movies themselves and of course right. you also have uh, you know pop pop singers and whatnot but but this is a significant difference from the western uh, you know pop scene and definitely so, western uh, sorry go ahead no just before before going to the western thing again stupid question i'm not sure there's even a reason but i'm tempted to ask why are uh basically musicals so popular in india i maybe it's like asking why are action movies so popular in in you know the u.s like why do they always have gun battles and uh, or superheroes although for superheroes i guess it can be explained because of the popularity of comic books in the 70s and 80s and the, the people who grew up reading those are now excited about seeing them on the big screen so there there could be an explanation but is there an explanation for the fact that most movies from india seem to be uh, musicals or is it just you know well that's the way it is and that's it uh i'm i'm not sure exactly because uh part of my thinking is the reason there are so many music numbers and whatnot is because indian movies especially some of the more like what we call masala movies in india which are like you know like like the popular movies mm -hmm. they they tend to have little bit of everything they will have action they will have romance they will have you know they will have you know this this very sort of stereotypical villain and a very stereotypical hero and a stereotypical heroine and uh, you know and and there will also be some family drama going on so they, so they try to appeal to a very sort of broad audience and and somehow musical numbers have become an, an integral part Mm. I, I don't know if there is any point in time we can we can pinpoint like okay this is when they started to become popular but mm. but Indian cinema from the very beginning Indian cinema is pretty old I think 
we indian cinema started in 20s uh, 1920s mm-hmm. so I, I, as far as i remember like all the old movies i've seen you in the movies from 50s they have songs and right. uh, dances i mean the format changes the you know you know the the dance moves change often the the tone and the and the message of the songs change but they do have these uh, these certain uh, like musical numbers and whatnot mm. almost uh, but now it is changing a lot more movies are integrating instead of like like the hero and the heroine breaking off like randomly in the middle uh, you know they they don't they are doing less of that and the songs are integrated much more into the story and and it's a lot more um, uh, it doesn't f- feel like it's it, it doesn't it doesn't jar you like oh they were talking about this and suddenly there's a song and dance the song or whatever it's is integrated of the, of the and, and and it will move the story forward right. so a lot okay. more movies are doing that but still those songs and those dance numbers are you know they are extremely popular so do you have movies that girls or guys like more like are is there going to be the the romantic uh the romantic comedy type of musical and the more action type musical and when the you know the girlfriend says oh i want to go see that thing like the super stereotypical ridiculous american image of the girl going to see wanting to see the romantic comedy the guy going like oh no i want to see the the guns explosion movie I'm sure there is some of that, but uh, I don't ever remember uh, thinking, "Oh, this is a this is a kind of movie I don't want to watch." Or okay. I mean, I don't remember having those 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 stereotypical um, sort of thoughts, like, "Oh, this is a chick flick. I don't right, want to see right, that." Right. I don't remember having that because, again, the uh, the format of the movies was a lot more inclusive. Mm. So, uh, so I mean, we do have everything uh, for everyone. And definitely, there would be movies which were pure comedy, like from start to beginning. They are they are focused a lot more on comedy, or you have movies which are focused a lot more on drama or tragedy or whatnot. Mm. Uh, but um, me personally, of course, I cannot speak for many Indians. But for me personally, it's either a good movie or a bad movie. It doesn't matter, you know, if it is a, a comedy or a tragedy or if it is an action or mm. whatever. Okay. So for me it's either a good film or a bad film. All right, so let's get back to the western culture part of it. Was it present? Was it popular? What did you think? Uh, bef- uh before liberalization it was not I mean it, it certainly uh was popular among, you know, the more affluent, the more elite people who could afford to leave India or encounter western culture. Um but uh but it became western pop pop music or uh, western uh, you know music in general became a lot more uh, popular and common as 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 90s progressed i do remember listening i, I don't remember hearing names like um, like like bon jovi or you know led zeppelin mm-hmm. or all these even though i wasn't familiar with their music my classmates were and that alone i mean i think is says that yeah it did become more popular uh, among more people but uh, even now i w- i would say it is western pop influence and culture is more restricted to like the 
like the middle class and the upper uh, like the more affluent class uh, so yeah i mean the, and and of course western shows western films became a lot more common as as liberalization progressed and people had more access to these things um so i remember you, like did you watch friends on tv in the 90s or um i didn't because my parents refused to get cable tv okay. because <laughs> because they said you will not focus on your studies you will just watch tv all day no cable tv until you have until you have graduated from high school okay. so so yeah but uh, but i do uh, remember like my uh, my classmates um in like when i was in 8th or 9th grade they were talking about oh the bold and the beautiful and you know mm. all those kind of soap opera <laughs> like american soap operas and, and i was like huh, what is that bold and beautiful sounds weird but okay so, uh, so can you yeah like if when you watch these things on tv and you know i'm thinking about friends because it was a very very popular in in france at the time but i'm sure it's the same with the others like the the lifestyle that is portrayed on those shows is incredibly different from the one you have in your daily life and you know it would be the same if you, that was part of why we enjoyed for example i'm speaking for myself uh japanese pop culture uh in the 90s in france because it was so different um i wonder how you guys approached it or was it just oh well that's how the americans live or you know whatever we don't care or it's fascinating or it's you know did it have a weight and importance or was it just that thing that the americans are doing i personally didn't watch a lot of american tv i do remember watching some films Well, you watched and, Star Trek. You mentioned Star Trek was the first yeah. one that came to your mind. I guess it's not very yeah. typical to American, typical <laughs> American uh, lifestyle. Life. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. I, I remember watching Star Trek. I remember watching Knight Rider. Um, and, um, yeah, it was, uh, we got everything like 10 or 20 years later. Mm. Uh, uh, because I guess the rights were cheap enough. Uh, so yeah definitely it was it did feel like a whole different world to me it did i mean uh, it did feel like oh everything is so clean everything is so fancy everything the lifestyle looked a lot more glamorous than mm. what we had in india uh, which of course is not true anymore i mean you know i've been living here for so long i now i know it's things are a lot closer than you know than i you know than i thought but especially uh, but wait, during that, the that's really that's really interesting so when you said you wondered oh wow everything is so clean and now you realize it's probably not as clean as I, as as i thought it was can you expand on this can you explain what you thought was clean and what you think now was maybe movie magic well uh, it's uh, Uh, well i just have these vague memories of of watching like oh you know uh, like a night rider he's he's driving the his you know his whatever ai car and mm -hmm. and you know like uh, like everything is you know like like roads are you know so orderly and you know there is there is no litter on the streets you know there are no there are no stains on the sidewalks and it was like wow this is this is much better compared to what we see mm. in daily we life And now you don't think that anymore. You've been living well, in, in Utah, I believe. Yeah, well, uh, Utah is still a lot more, uh, you know, 
uh, it is still much closer to that ideal that I've seen. But uh, uh, because Utah in general is is much cleaner. But like I've seen Boston, I've seen uh, New York, and it is not as uh, you know. I mean, there, there are certainly like ugly parts to those places. There right. are certainly you know uh, you know parts which you know which completely turn upside down what people even now in India think of the U.S. Mm. Okay. Um, talking about ugly parts, um, I noticed you never mentioned anything about the caste system um, or even about, you know, the, the place of uh, women in society and things like that. Is that not a factor or is it a factor? Can you, can you tell us a little bit? Because obviously we have a, a, a very uh, specific image about the class system and all of this. Was it part of your of society growing up um definitely that is a factor i wouldn't say oh caste system doesn't exist anymore or uh, you know the the problem the so the social problems don't exist anymore they are definitely there but uh, things have improved quite a bit from you know the the, the time of independence uh, caste system is a lot um is a lot less influential Of course, it still comes into play uh, every so often, uh, but I would say it is being increasingly replaced by the class system, where the where the uh, you know the, you have the affluent and the affluent and middle class, and then you know the poor, the sort of the less well-to-do, and and the caste system is increasingly getting more and more replaced. Uh, I mean, when it comes time to, you know, to marry someone or whatever, especially in an arranged marriage, that that definitely is a factor. Uh, the the caste system, like like the person has to be your caste and from your region, and uh, I mean there are a lot of factors. But daily life, it is not such a thing anymore. Like like if I go to, uh, like if I go to a restaurant or whatever, it won't matter who is cooking my food. Because like, oh, like back in the to. 50s, 60s, oh yeah, that, uh, I, it used to be like, oh, you know, what were like the untouchable or the lower caste, they shouldn't have, you know, touch your food. They, it, it used to be so bad back, you know, like early 1900s or before that, like they were not allowed to drink from the same well. Okay. Uh, you know, so it was, it was a lot worse. And I'm sure in rural parts of India, it is still... Um, you know, a big factor, but especially in urban parts, it's less of a, a less of a thing now. I mean, you don't think as much about these things. So it's still a factor when you're talking about marriage and things like that. But in the 80s or 90s, when what you're saying is, it might have even been a factor when you're at that time about the restaurant thing. That was not in the no, you know, no. beginning of the uh, yeah century. no uh, no it, it well it wasn't back. Uh, In 80s and 90s, no, it wasn't. Uh, oh, I mean, okay. I don't ever, I don't ever remember like like my, my my parents thinking, oh, this restaurant should have only like you know some Brahmin cooking the food. No, that, that that's that's not a, that wasn't a factor. Or anything. Okay, all right. So it was yeah. uh, earlier uh, in the century that it was a concern. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah. 
Um, you've been talking a lot about the liberal uh, liberalization. Uh, you've mentioned it a few times already. Can you tell us a little bit more about what it was exactly and what it how, in what ways it changed uh, the country? So India was, um, before 1991, India was, was, uh, was a sort of a social, was a mixed economy, you can say. You had, you had your private enterprise, but you also had government uh, owned uh, companies or government run enterprises. And, uh, you know, it had a lot more socialist uh, look to it, the political system, as well as the, uh, the economic system. And uh, consequently, you know, things came to a point in the 80s that, uh, that, that Indian economy was in extremely dire straits. It, uh, you know, uh, just, uh, just things were, were becoming bad, uh, going from bad to worse. And in 1991, uh, you know, a plan of liberalization was devised uh, and, you know, loans were taken from other governments uh, to basically uh, change the change the Indian economy and, and, and make it more capitalistic okay. with less government uh, influence and ownership of and corporations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and also the, 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 they started a, Uh, sort of a drive to reduce the red tapism and the bureaucracy. I mean, the, all that stuff is still there, but uh, it was uh, it was a lot worse back then. And how so? How did it change the the country? Was it like all of a sudden within two years things were completely different, or oh, not how? at all. Hmm. Oh, not at all. It, it was very gradual. Uh, I but things didn't change that much. Uh, uh, slowly and surely, you know, certain uh, uh, certain uh, rules and regulations were loosened a little bit. Private companies were allowed to do certain things which they were not allowed to do before. Uh, FDI, foreign direct investment, was encouraged in certain sectors. And over time, the sectors in which foreign companies could invest Uh, was also increased. So I remember um, in the 90s, b before 90s, uh, I don't ever remember drinking Coke because Coke had been uh, Coke had been uh, basically thrown out of India in I think 60s or 70s. I, I remember drinking uh, all the Indian brands. Uh, mm. there, there was something called Campa Cola, which doesn't exist. There was something called Thumbs Up, uh, which does exist, owned by Coca Cola. There was something called Limca, which still exists, but now owned by Coca-Cola. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, 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 uh, so most of these brands are either now dead or owned by Coke or Pepsi. Mm. So, uh, so similarly, I mean, this is just you know soft drinks, but similarly, I remember the only uh, car company. There were three car companies. One, one was was Hindustan Motors, which made. Uh, Uh, a, a car called the Ambassador and couple others. There was another company called Premier, which which had licensed this old. Uh, it, it had licensed in 60s or 70s this old Fiat design, which they continued to use. Um, you know, 
forever and like mm. 80s um, and and then you had a partnership with Suzuki uh, which was a company called Maruti Suzuki and they made two three cars uh, which which were actually you know m- much more fuel efficient and nicer and all that mm. okay so uh, yeah but 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 as 90s progressed eventually uh eventually uh, foreign car uh, manufacturers were allowed in were, were allowed to sell their cars you know uh, you know fiat came back uh, uh, maruti uh, suzuki which is uh, suzuki bought out the uh, suzuki bought more shares and and made itself the dominant partner right. they started bringing more models so things like that and now i mean now for like the past 10 years i can't imagine a brand uh, an american or a japanese brand which doesn't sell in india right so you can uh, german i mean I, I i think even i think even even peugeot or uh, uh, one of the other uh, like even french yeah. brands uh, no 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 but oh, uh, yeah the, the uh, no, not okay. Citroen. Well, that's the uh, but, three we have. But, okay. <laughs> I, I do have this vague memory of like them partnering with with Indian companies, uh, and we do. Uh, and, and Indian car manufacturers also came up. Mm. Like, um, there's a very popular company in India called Tata. They it's a it's a group which owns which is huge i mean they they have they own a they own tata steel they they own uh, they own a bunch of different companies like that uh, yeah, i think tata is one of the most well known companies worldwide i mean most people probably yeah. have heard about tata from india but uh, yeah and they they used to make trucks but then they in the 90s they started producing cars and and another company mahindra came up with its own like suvs and whatnot so yeah these things they slowly you started to see changes cable tv came on and you could you could get a lot of the the americans uh, pop uh, stuff and and you know indian indian uh, tv exploded with like with with the private channels mm. so 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 yeah the changes were not all of a sudden it wasn't it wasn't like russia where you know just it just burst and right, right. and yeah, there were like these massive changes the changes were a lot more gradual mm. but now it's your your uh you have all the products available i guess if you're rich enough for the country but you have all the products available there that you have everywhere else in the world i'm guessing yeah yeah you can mm. and in fact in fact it is quite funny because uh like here in the us if you want to purchase a car uh, like if i go to honda you have honda civic and you know whatever like you have these these certain models in india the number of models that honda sells is a lot more right and and that goes for every consumer product uh, well I, i shouldn't say every consumer product but it's a lot more uh the the product line is a lot more diverse because now they have a price point for every kind of consumer so 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 if someone wants to spend only like you know like you know uh, let's say if, if someone wants wants to spend only uh, what do you call it and try to convert from the indian numerical system to uh, <laughs> to english so if, if someone wants to spend only like 
like seven hundred thousand rupees on a car, they have a price point for that. If if right. they are willing to go up to to nine thousand, they have a price point for that. So they, the the diversity in product line is a lot more than than what I see here mm. in everything. And, and that's probably because the diversity. I mean, the the range of Uh, social statuses or richness is much wider in India than it is uh, yeah. in, in the U.S. at least. Um, Definitely. So there's, there's. Uh, I want to talk about uh, rural India a little bit, and um, uh -huh. I mean, you. I'm sure you don't know it as well as urban India, um, but you did mention in in our communication earlier uh, the the changes that. Uh, smartphone technology and things like that have brought and the web and all of this. Uh, and I'm sure we know that story from every, uh, you know, country that didn't have computers in every home. Um, my aunt actually works with, well, she has a, a humanitarian um, uh, organization that works with a specific village in uh, the Himalayas. And she was telling me that the first time she went there a few years ago, uh, she just, you know, went to India one day and uh, and ended up there. And they didn't have, well, they still don't have a lot of electricity, but they didn't have uh, smartphones, obviously. Uh, and now they're starting to get them even in that very remote mountain that is, you know, days away from a, a city. Uh, and they're starting to get that kind of connection. That must obviously transform the entire country. Uh, is there... Anything that you would, you know, want to mention about this? Oh, definitely. Uh, the, the, the the internet and the web services and this this communication revolution, uh, to put it uh, sort of a you know mildly, is has impacted India hugely. Um, I remember, uh, like, cell phones came a little later to India, but Um, like in like in 2000s, they became increasingly very common, and and I remember um, speaking to my folks, and uh, even uh, even like the the day laborers who you know who have come from villages you know from like rural parts of uh, of India, they would you know oftentimes they would they would come to the city and you know, live here for a few years because they need work. And and I mean these people are poor. I mean when when you say poor in the U.S., you imagine someone living in like a poor place or you know, or, you know, but but they still have you know some government assistance and you know they would be able to you know eat normal food more or less or you know have some entertainment. Mm. When we say poor in India, you can talk about people who are so poor they cannot they don't know where their next meal is going to come from. Or they are, you know, they they don't, you know, they you know, they are living in sort of very very harsh conditions. But even they, you know, it became so cheap and so. Uh, I mean, like I said, you know, again, it's about the price point. Do you have something available for every price point? They would uh, they would get together. They would for like they would have their own groups. So they would pool together some money and. And and buy just one phone, with you know with with a certain num number of minutes and whatnot, so so they can all use it to contact their their families, 
speak to them, you know, once a week or once a month. And, and I mean, these are people who are, you know, who have to live day by day, but even they were able to afford that in, in like mid two thousands. And now again, with the smartphone, it's a whole new thing. And, and of course, smartphone hasn't penetrated that strata that deeply yet because, you know, you need to, you know, to buy a smartphone, which is generally a little more expensive than a cellular phone and you have to buy, you have to pay for data. But, uh, but smartphone again is, is beginning to penetrate deeply. And, and, and the, and I think the best way to, to show how deeply it has penetrated WhatsApp is, has, I mean, just, if you're a smartphone in India, you have WhatsApp on, on there and you mm. communicate. I, I mean, I, I remember like when I went a, a few years back on billboards on the side of the road, you like, like whether it is some political ad or anything, many times I would see, I would see it would say WhatsApp number and it would have a number. Like, like so, you can contact, I mean, WhatsApp is, is being used not just for like for one-on-one communication or or group communication it's you can you you are people are using it for, as a broadcast for medium more. you mean yeah or, or or like if you want to communicate with with someone uh, even if you don't know them you can send them a whatsapp and mm. and they will and they will reply back and whatnot and in fact whatsapp first made its product free in india uh, just because they knew that the ma- the market penetration was well, was pretty good, and they wanted to to make it even more affordable, um, so so they made it free, and all you need is data. And and, and I mean, this is another sign, I would say, of uh, WhatsApp status. I am I'm in a couple of groups on WhatsApp and like like family groups, and I see every single day, like uh, like do you remember like in uh, like with email we used to get like forward forward forward. Like you know, some aunt or uncle is forwarding something, right, you know, right. a joke or whatever, some some like some or some other hoax or whatever. I get that now on WhatsApp. Okay, and they so, and uh, they don't use email; they use WhatsApp for communication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with like the older generation, um, they they can't be bothered with email. I think mm. it's too much of a learning curve. But WhatsApp, yeah. We were talking about Thailand in a previous episode, and um, we were uh, talking about the fact that it was also being used, uh, you know, text medium was also being used for commerce and things like that. Is that also the case in India, or do they use more, quote-unquote, complex webs like apps and uh, the web itself, or or does it also go through uh, chat apps? Um, I am not sure uh, if people are using chat apps to send money, but I do know that, that you can transfer money from one bank account, bank account to another using your normal cellular phone, uh, and 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 you can and you can get money transferred within within minutes from one person right. to another, and and my dad was a little surprised. He's like, "You can't do that in the U.S." I'm like. <laughs> no, they say they, they, it, it, you have to use some app or something, and even then, transferring money take used to take 
like they said wait 24 hours yeah yeah so he was like that you. is unbelievable <laughs> i he, he was a little shocked because because the image of us is always oh yeah they are the most technically advanced and mm, and what not um all right so we're getting close to the end of the uh of the show i want to ask two more things uh first very quickly how would you describe the political and social climate in india today we've talked a lot about you know the 80s 90s and even early yeah. 2000s how would you describe the political climate now uh political climate india um you know like i said you know it is it is a union of many different cultures and uh so uh, up until i think the uh, the 70s early 80s uh, there was a dominant party the, the indian national congress uh, and there were some other smaller parties and regional parties um that sort of dominance was broken in the 80s and uh, later on in the 90s and now the um for the past few decades we have a very thriving regional uh, uh regional political uh, sort of uh, system and you uh, more often than not at uh, when when it comes time for the federal sort of the union elections uh we more often than not end up with a coalition government mm. uh and we have the same same parliamentary sort of system as britain i mean there are some differences of course but uh, you know you you have parties and and you know they they have candidates which they put up for prime ministerial position and uh, and, and it's stable you know, you, and you, people people care about the political life like do they vote uh, how do you oh, yeah. even make uh, a, a 1.2 billion people vote uh, in an election yeah elections election process is very so very involved in india it is it is complex but uh, yeah you know people vote people people want to make their voice heard um, unlike us where you see you know like oh only 30% of people voted um, i don't know what is the percentage in india but it is uh, people do discuss politics and people do vote quite a bit Mm. uh quite and enthusiastically i mean we would see people in villages going out to vote because uh, because you know they want to they want to get their voice heard and uh, and election day is um for federal elections uh, you get the day off it's a it's a oh, holiday really? like a yeah like you it's a national it's holiday like, like it's a bank holiday yeah it's mm. yeah it's a it's a holiday you you know you you go out you vote and and it is uh, and it is all uh, electronic voting oh really there is no uh, yeah and um, and due to sort of the literacy levels like a, lo- a lot of india is still you know illiterate because there's you know just because of the the structure mm-hmm. uh so uh, so each party will have their symbol sort of their logo and if you don't if you cannot read the name of the party you know you you know uh, the logo you, 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 you know the logo you have their logo and you have voted for them mm. and, and that, uh, oh sorry yeah. go ahead no the, i mean the yeah the, so so the election process is of course given the size of the population very complex and and most often you know the regional parties get a lot of uh, get a lot of votes uh, the national parties 
uh, you know, they end up making coalitions with with the powerful regional parties. And uh, only this past election, I think the one of the national parties, the BJP, they got a clear majority in in the parliament. But usually, it's that that's not the case. They end up making coalitions. Um, they end up making a lot of coalitions. Okay, but it's stable. You describe it as stable. Yeah, it is. It is very stable. We are uh, what used to be called the third world. I can't imagine. I don't know if there are many countries besides uh, besides India which have never had a a dictatorship or or like military rule. Like just considering. Our neighbors, you know, Bangladesh and Pakistan. Mm. I mean, they their history has been rife with with military coups and you know problems like that. In India, that has never been a concern that oh the military might take over. Okay. Military has always been uh, strictly under civilian control. I mean, civilian. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, like yeah, how it is in US, military right, right. does not dictate policy. Mm. All right, yeah, and um, of course, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. Please. Yeah, I was just going to say. Yeah, I mean, corruption and all that is still a big problem in politics, and you know that is just how it is. Um, it is improving a little bit, I would say, but yeah, th- th- of course, uh, that is a that is a reality which we which we accept, we face. Mm. But otherwise, yeah, the the system, the country is stable and everything. All right. Uh, so last question I want to ask you is uh, when you first showed up in the U.S., um, you mentioned you so you, you went to the U.S. to study in 2001. Um, and you, I mean, you knew about the U.S., you, you knew uh, you, you spoke English and all of this. But were there things that surprised you still when you when you landed there and when you spent, you know, the first few weeks uh, in the U.S.? And also, were there things that uh, you realized about India when you went back uh, after living in the U.S. that you didn't realize uh, at when you were living there? So the first I, one, maybe, you know, yeah. what, what surprised you about the U.S., if anything? Um, I would say sur- surprise-wise, it was... It was... Uh, what surprised me was the... The, the hard it was for people to pronounce my name that was like the immediate <laughs> problem i had okay. and it has improved but uh, but it but it was sort of unthinkable for me to not be able to have trouble with my name it's it's phonetic like like all indian names they are written phonetically so it was it was a little odd like people would bungle my my first name and my last name every single time so <laughs> so that was like on a personal front it really threw me off okay uh, I to have to explain how my name is pronounced but uh, but overall yeah I mean it was uh, it was certainly uh, you know you you know in India you don't see or at least you didn't use to see the non-glamorous parts like like you have to like you have to do everything yourself you cannot afford to have maids or servants you know you you have to you have to cook everything yourself you have to clean everything yourself you have to do your own you, you mentioned everything servants has... uh, earlier i i wanted to ask you about but in the interest of time i didn't but uh, yeah. since you bring it up again did you guys in the middle class uh, middle class family did you guys have maids or servants is that a common thing yeah it is fairly common to have maids or servants 
my family uh, didn't have them uh, i mean sometimes my mom would would hire for like certain period of time she would hire a maid to to clean the dishes but uh, i mean my family was a little more unusual in that way um but yeah it is fairly common to have maids and servants okay and so uh, and so when you arrived in the us you were like what do you mean i have to wash my own clothes isn't there someone oh, no. i can hire <laughs> uh, no i no i mean the the thought process wasn't exactly that right. it was more of a yeah we didn't see this part Okay. I, I mean, it, I mean, it, it, it was not a problem. It was not. I mean, for some people, I'm sure it is, uh, but for <laughs> me personally, it was not. But it was certainly a revelation. Like, oh yeah, you know, you know, all those people who are living the the glamorous lifestyle, yeah, they are not showing everything. Right. So the the uh, David Hasselhoff in Night Rider, uh, you, yeah, you, you didn't realize that he didn't have maids and. Right. Yeah, uh, or, 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 or like the group in Friends, you know, they are they are in the coffee shop all day. No one has time for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pe people are busy. They are they are they are they are busy with their school. And oh yeah, one more thing I would like to say. In India, what we do not students usually do not college students or even high school students they do not work. Uh, they do not have part-time jobs. Oh really? Uh, that that is another thing which sort of surprised me. Uh, that you know that that almost everyone, you know, they they have a part-time job job or even a full-time job, mm. and, and you know they are using that to pay for their university. In India, that's very uncommon, uh, uh, especially in the middle class. It is it is not common at all. Mm. Socialism, I tell you, so many <laughs> things. Um, Right, uh, and and to be fair, even about friends, everyone was laughing at. I guess for us in the Western world, yeah. we knew that it was ridiculous that they spent so much time in the coffee shop. But for you guys, you uh, apparently maybe you thought or never really noticed, but it was like, oh yeah, that's how they live. Um, so yeah, okay, everything is yeah. <laughs> I, I know you need to leave uh, very soon, but uh, last question: Was there anything that you realized after having lived in the U.S. going back to India? that surprised you or you know you didn't you didn't know this before um when you went you know back. Uh, yeah that is um i'm sure many people notice many different things but for me one of the first things i remember uh, so i came to the us in 2001 i went back uh, india for a visit in in uh, 2003 and one of the things i remember noticing immediately as i got down um as i i mean as i you know traveled back home was uh the difference in air quality i mean <clears throat> when i came here i did notice oh yeah air feels much cleaner but when i went back it was a much bigger shock mm. that how that how much more polluted the air of delhi is i i mean the there are parts of india which are you know which are very nice and you know you don't have that much air pollution and what not but delhi you know when i grew up it was it was just part of life like oh you know you have all this smog in the winter and you have you know all this dust and pollution all year round but the the stark difference sort of made me realize wow mm. i have been living i have been breathing air which is which is a lot better than you know then uh, you know then 
than what I had in India. Right. That that was, uh, and I mean, I I could probably think of other things, uh, but that was something that immediately. I mean, the night I landed, I I went home, and just just even during that sort of journey, like the half an hour, I could feel the difference. I could like like when I before I went to sleep, you know, I did my like you know the, the ablutions, and I could see like oh my god. <laughs> so much difference is it still the case nowadays is it as polluted um, still oh yeah delhi i mean they made huge improvements in the 90s they um, all the buses i mean since delhi is such a big uh, metropolis there there are so many buses and so many like like public transportation vehicles of other sorts which they which they, they used to use you know uh, they used to use you know diesel or um so the uh, diesel or petrol or what they call gasoline in us uh, right, right. so they were switched in delhi at least uh, i'm sure other cities had it had it happen uh, in their own schedule but they switched them with, uh, i think mid 90s or late 90s they switched them to cng it was a it was a i remember it was the decision by delhi high court or something they 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 ruled all these vehicles all these public transport vehicles have to switch to cng within by this date mm. and if not they would, so so there was this huge sea change um you know like uh, like all the buses went from went right. from diesel to cng and yes it did affect uh, air quality a little bit but uh, the reason it has gotten worse is uh, is more just because of cars. The, no? uh, not just cars i mean delhi as by itself has grown a lot since oh, right. 80s and 90s i mean it was a big metropolis before now it is even huger and mm. there are a lot more people and there is a lot more industry and everything uh, even more than it was before and mm. so just overall concentration of people and objects and like vehicles it has or industry has you know made it worse all right well uh i think this is going to be the end of the show for us uh obviously thank you so much uh, for uh taking us on this wonderful trip in india in from the 80s to today uh, I, I so do you want do you have anything online that you want to point people to if they uh, you know pimp anything or anything you do or uh nothing at all your choice uh, no i'm uh, i'm not really a, a sort of a public person but okay. uh, uh but i do I, i mean i i do follow you of course and <laughs> and and scott johnson and other some other people uh, but yeah i mean i'm i, I just you know i, I don't have a lot of uh, online no presence as it were Okay, no problem. Well, you know what? If uh, anyone in the audience has any comments or questions, you can always go to frenchspin.com on the episode's uh, show notes and, and ask your questions there uh, or comment. You know, we're very happy to read everything you have to say. Um, and uh, if you want to follow me, you can do so at uh, NotPatrick on Twitter or on Facebook. Uh, and if you want to uh, leave a comment on iTunes, you're welcome to do that as 
as well. It uh, obviously is very helpful when we have uh, people leaving five-star reviews and comments uh, for the show. So go to iTunes in your region and uh, leave a comment. That would be absolutely awesome. And even awesomer would be to go to Patreon and support the show financially. Uh, you know that patreon.com slash Club is where you can go to support the show. You can... Um Tell us and show us that you appreciate what we do. If it brings a little bit of uh, interesting knowledge in your life, if you think it's a, a nice uh, thing to have and that you would be sad if it went away, well, well, it's not going away, but still, uh, you could forego one cup of coffee and uh, give me that money instead. That would be amazing and help us uh, keep doing the show. So you can do that at patreon.com slash Club. Very easy. You can stop whenever you want. And uh, you, can, um, you can do that in two minutes flat on the website. So check it out if you're interested. Uh, and of course, again, thank you so much, Mayank, for being on the show. It was enlightening for me. It was super interesting, uh, so much so that I went over the hard uh, limit that you said you had. And I apologize. But thank you no, so much. No, it is completely fine. Completely <laughs> fine. Thank you so much, Patrick, for this, for this opportunity. This was, this was great. Cool. Well, uh, I'm glad you liked it. Thanks for being here again. And we'll talk to uh, the listeners again in a couple of weeks. Talk to you then. Bye. So what I want to communicate, uh, which I've seen in in a lot of um, what I've heard from a lot of people when they say India, they think India is a is a monolithic uh, culture or country. You know, uh, they don't realize that it is um, in a way many countries, and each region, you know, has their own language, their own cuisine. Um, which they are, which they are fiercely proud of, and mm. and uh, and so, so when people say, you know, oh, say something in 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 say something in Indian, I'm like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what is that? I, I I don't know what you mean. I can speak my language, the one I grew up with, sure, but I can't speak for the rest of India. No. So, uh, so in so, that sense, yeah. the federation is is it's really a federation. And you you mentioned the analogy you made with the the European Union. Is is it? Are the differences as stark? Would you say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, uh, I think I think the only uh, well, one of the big differences, of course, you know, European Union is voluntary, and and you can leave like how Britain is leaving, mm-hmm. but yeah. <laughs> uh, but in India, yeah, that would that would not be possible without uh, some severe military action, right? Of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, like how in like how like how EU has has you know Germany, Britain, France, uh, Portugal, Spain, all these countries, and they have they have stark differences in their language, food, uh, and within these countries there are a lot of differences. It is the same in India, like like uh, states, different states have their own have their own culture and everything. And within those states also, there is a lot of diversity. Uh, so, yeah, it is pretty much like European Union. We have, you know, one currency, one army. Uh, and, you know, 
of course you, you don't need a visa to travel within the country or own anything you you can you can move from one place to the other so it is very much like that so uh, so yeah we are indians but i mean we do have that national identity but we also have a very strong regional identity selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you chiching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, thirty six percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Get a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify. dot com slash work. Shopify. dot com slash work.